Welcome to Living Beyond Linear Radio Show, an exploration of what is beyond logical and explainable that actually empowers each of us to be creating, living, and loving our lives. What if the life that actually works for you makes no sense, is totally unpredictable, and goes way outside of the box of conventionality? Would you let yourself have it? And now, join your host, Keisha Clark, for this week's adventure in Living Beyond Linear. <laughs> good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in this great, big, amazing, magical, potent, gorgeous, delicious world. Hello and welcome to Living Beyond Linear Radio Show with me, Keisha Clark, and my co-host, Lila Rue, and we will have a special guest today who I will be introducing shortly. Um, if you have never joined us before, thank you for stopping by, however, whenever, and wherever you're, you're stopping by. Um, this show is all about stop asking your life to make sense. We are playing with all kinds of stuff to shift our perspective and shatter our limitations. And because, you know, that's just what I find kind of fun to do. So if you've not played with that yet, you might um, you might find this a little bit different. And if you have played with me before, if you are one of the, the folks who gets to um, come join us, however you join us, whenever you join us. I know a lot of you listen to the replays. Thank you for the contribution you are being to this show, to these conversations, to my life, and to the co-creation of something pretty gosh dog amazing um, <laughs> from where I'm sitting. So I'm grateful, and I'm a little bit more giggly than usual this morning. You might have noticed already. Um, we have a fun topic today, and I want to invite you first to join us in the chat room if you're able when you're listening live. Um, we are at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You click on the word chat room in the blue bar near the top of the screen on any of the pages in the, the website, and you will be taken to the chat room page. Just enter your name. It could be the name that you really have or one that you've always wanted. <laughs> just be whoever you want to be and come join us in the chat room. Um, we have a really fun time backstage, and you might just want to get here today so that you can actually submit some of your questions if you really want to do that. <clears throat> and if you want to call in live, you are totally welcome to do that. You can find the call-in numbers pretty much anywhere on inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. And if you're not in a place that either of the phone numbers work, which would basically be if you're not in U.S. or Canada, um, you can actually click on the Skype icon and dial on in, and then we will bring you on with your question if you are feeling bold and bodacious to bring your question on the air. So. I'm going to skip most of the usual stuff. If you want to find out more about me, you can do that by clicking on my information on my host page here on Inspired Choices Network. You can also find me on Facebook at Living Beyond Linear. I do all kinds of fun stuff. I'm a medium, a coach, and a body worker of magnitude, and I'm just going to leave it at that. So <laughs> without further ado, I want to introduce you folks to an amazing person, caregiver, teacher, educator, doctor, um, all-around humanoid of magnitude, <laughs> who happens to be a host here on the station as well. He has a fantastic show called Grizzly Bears and Two-Year-Olds. And um, he is someone who is truly playing in the beyond linear field, even though he plays with lots of things that could be considered linear. So I kind of like that he does this cool combination thing. Um, his name is Dr. Ron Jayner. And... Um, 
he's he's really truly remarkable. Um, the first time I heard Dr. Ron on his show, I knew that I wanted to play with him more, and I'm so excited to be able to bring him to share with you today to be playing with him more. Um, the topic we're going to be talking about today is changing how you choose with my special guest, Dr. Ron Jainer. So without further ado, let's say hello. Hi, Ron. Good morning, Dr. Hey, Ron. Hey, hey. Woohoo! And the crowd goes <laughs> crazy with enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I am so excited and so grateful that you said yes to come and play with me and with all of us, and that you play with us as a host here on the station as well. Um, it's it's just very cool to get to have your your special package of how you bring the information that you bring and the gifts that you bring into the world. So thank you for choosing that and being that. And um, <laughs> you're so welcome. Uh, so I'm going to share with folks our <laughs> – oh, wait, that wasn't part of the – that wasn't – you weren't supposed to say that on the air. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> okay, I'm going to read folks a little bit about what we're going to be playing with today. So are you finding yourself overwhelmed, exhausted, running on empty? Does it feel like your whole life will implode if you drop one of the little tiny pieces you are so carefully trying to keep in place? Are you frustrated from trying to change what you are doing that creates the craziness just to be ending up feeling more crazy? Yeah, I, I wouldn't know anything about that. <laughs> Why isn't it working? So what if the way that you are making choices that you are making has something to do with what can actually change or not, as the case may be. That is what we are going to be playing with today with my special guest, Dr. Ron Jainer, um, exploring this, um, this week's Beyond Linear Adventure, which is, um, can changing how we choose be a key to experiencing true change in our lives? So um, I could say all kinds of wonderful things about Dr. Ron. Essentially, uh, what you might just want to make note of is that he's been a recognized national board certified naturopathic physician, having earned a diplomat in acupuncture and is currently a diplomat and serving on the faculty of the American College of Addictionology. I just love that word, and compulsive disorders. <laughs> Makes it sound like I don't know why. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so Dr. Ron wise. has over... He does, yeah. <laughs> Dr. Ron has over 30 years of personal and professional experience in applying the universal principles of health and spirituality for mastering life changes. He is not a licensed medical doctor. His consultations are not covered by insurance. We just want to let everybody know. So nothing that we are talking about today is intended as medical advice. Uh, this is this is not for diagnosing you or telling you what kinds of um Procedures you need to to pursue. Uh, Dr. Jainer's perspectives on vitality enhancement and lifestyle wellness are intended solely for personal education, coaching, and training. Wow! So, oh my goodness, I have gotten to hear you on a number of your shows, a number of um, now in this last couple of weeks, a number of other shows, and I love um, the conversation that you enjoy having and that you bring to the, the people, <laughs> bring into the world. Um, 
And I will say, folks, for all of you listening, you can find out a whole lot of who he is and what he's about if you will enjoy some of these shows, if you will um, find those in the archives that can be under the Grizzly Bears and Two-Year-Olds archives page. Um, Dr. Ron also did an open mic spotlight show in the last week, and he has also been a guest with Melissa Jelinek on her show on Monday night, um, The Pleasure Zone. I love, love, love the conversation you guys had about addiction. And Thank you. One of the things that I that just so popped for me, which kind of segued the energy for me to the invitation for you to come and play, was that you said uh, we cannot talk our way out of addiction, right. and it was, and also a really gold nugget for me too was that you said addiction does not live or happen in the part of the brain that is about cognition. Right. So it's it's kind of a, a new piece of information for <laughs> so, a lot of so people. Yeah, yeah, just say no actually is physiologically uh, <laughs> <Right>. impossible. <laughs> and I, so, I mean, most of what we do is uh, telling our other people, and uh, believe it or not, we do the same thing to ourselves. How many times have we mm-hmm. gone to do something that uh, we know we shouldn't be doing, uh, but you know what? That third hot fresh Sunday looks so good. And you say don't do it as you're scarfing it down. You know? <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, you're like, I really shouldn't be doing this. Um, nom, 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 nom. Right, right. Um, talking, yeah, I'm Just really doesn't work. And so there, yeah. Yeah, this is where, I, you know, hopefully I can be a contribution because uh, the th- well over 30 years, almost 40 years now, especially in my family, dealing with uh, serious chronic illnesses. So a lot, a lot of research and study on what to do after the doctors say nothing can be done. So you really dive mm-hmm. deep to try to get that. And then the uh, the experience with the alert, uh, being trained to teach with the uh, in addiction medicine and uh, mm-hmm. teaching with the college. Uh, and finally, the the, the fact that uh, my my hobby is is physics, theoretical physics. I actually went to school to become a physicist. And uh, and I and I've been studying the Bible and other spiritual teachings all my life. So that 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 mix yeah. stir it all up, and it, and uh, and having sort of an autistic type uh, uh, mind <laughs> that looks at all kinds of things at the same time, uh, <laughs> and, and it's it, it gives you a, a different perspectives. But more, and more importantly, it's exposed me to multiple yeah. brilliant mentors and programs because um, I know Sir Isaac Newton is a famous man in, in um, science. And mm-hmm. one of my mm-hmm. favorite quotes in life, uh, it came from him. He said, if I have seen any further than anyone uh, than other men, it's only because I stood on the shoulders of giants. And we all mm-hmm. have giants in our lives. We all have people Great who quote. have guided yeah. us and, and given us sense. And mm-hmm. now what, I, what attracted me to your work is what are we going to do with it? How do you process yeah. all information? Because that's an interesting topic for me too. I mean, being a high-functioning yeah. autistic, my head doesn't work the way sometimes other people's does, and it gets me in a lot of trouble. But that's another story. <laughs> yeah. uh, right. But the fact is, most people who uh, are on the autistic spectrum, whether they've been labeled as Asperger's or OCD or whatever, um, mm-hmm. and just creative people in general. Uh, ADHD children are very commonly in this in this category. Uh, mm-hmm. They don't process things linearly and logically, and that makes yeah. it really 
be challenging for them to function in, in what has developed in our traditional school system because most of the learning is very linear, very logical, and if you can pick out the, the right answer on the multiple choice test, you're a yeah, smart student yeah. and get an answer. And, and exactly. no matter how simple the material, people that, that uh, have this particular way of processing don't actually see things linear. We actually believe now that you see yeah. things in three dimensions. And so you're literally <laughs> kind of like, if you've ever been to a planetarium and they project the stars in every direction or an IMAX theory mm -hmm. theater, that's more like mm -hmm. how people's brains work. And so yep. some people, those that do linear progressions, uh, probably the, the, the thinking in science is would, would they see the equivalent of three to six screens in their head, kind of like when your husband's mm. watching football games at once, you know, one on his phone, <laughs> one on his iPad, and he's got two televisions going. And then you come right. in and ask him, uh, you know, what do you want for lunch, or will you please pay attention to me, and uh, go away, it blows his circuits, you see. Well, <laughs> what right. we believe, according to a, a good friend of mine who explained it very well, um, is that people with the uh, this particular way of thinking, creative people, see maybe anywhere from several hundred and in some cases several thousand screens in their head. You know, no yeah. no wonder I woke up in the hospital as a baby and they said I screamed for two years. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my goodness. They thought I was going to yeah. die. I, I was screaming. I, I just was – I was, you know, wow. but you realize later that you're absorbing all this information. You don't know what to do with it. And that's really what yeah. causes autistic shutdown. Now, when I heard about mm -hmm. your work, about how to make choices, how to make decisions, how do we function. That's where mm -hmm. the people who use a creative model, number one, we want to help the people or contribute to facilitating those who have this so they can use it better. Creative people create yeah. new stuff. And there's nothing good, right, wrong, I or bad that. about them compared to people who run the processes and structure of society. It's just different. However, while yeah. they People who have that type of linear thinking model um, are great for keeping everything functioning, and we'd be lost without them. And they can often mm -hmm. help people like us to be just a little more organized <laughs> and get a little bit <laughs> yes. of structure so that we actually don't, you know, actually have a business. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's that. <laughs> you know, it keeps making money. But But the other <laughs> side of it is, Creative people think differently and process differently. If we can learn to communicate that better, then everyone of mm -hmm. all types make better choices because we can exactly. all fit into another way of doing it. And so that's that's yeah. actually my passion. I love using this to help people with health challenges, uh, personal challenges. But my my real passion is using what you and I know and, and facilitate as coaches and trainers and teachers to help mm -hmm. creative people and others be more creative because this is where the future is. You see, I, I remember a quote and, from – yeah, go ahead. Well, uh, it's, it's being creative. <laughs> <laughs> it, there's, it's being creative and then – but like the, the you know, as you, you, you've kind of spoken to this, like being able to do this in a way, like have how our creation process organically occurs and, and navigate – not necessarily within, but just to be able to navigate along with how the bulk of society functions so that we're not always feeling like we're having to work against the current or swim against exactly. the current. I mean, this isn't um, about somebody's yeah. better than somebody else. This is about all of us. 
uh, facilitating mm-hmm. each other to create a, a greater world, you know. Yeah. So there's yeah. several different ways to approach it. We can approach it with a neurophysiology, and that, that's what I perceive as one of the things that I bring to the table is because of those diverse yeah. backgrounds that I've been interested in, um, mm-hmm. I feel that I can communicate this information uh, in like, I call them languages for the sake of a better word. If we were talking about Spanish yeah. or Greek or Korean, we'd all understand. Well, talking the yeah. language of science, talking the language of medicine, talking the language of spirituality, talking the, you see, uh, those are all different mm-hmm. uh, different languages. They use different terminology. Exactly. And yet for, for yeah. uh, so for, for, to be able to communicate and pull something out of each of those file boxes, we can, we can help each other, we can facilitate each other to create mm-hmm. more clarity and ask better questions, uh, make better choices, mm-hmm. and create a much, much more benevolent world than we have now. So I have a question. Um, in your oh. practice, like, what do you see with, um, with your clients? Mm-hmm. Like where where do most of them where are most of them when they come through your door the first time and and where do you find that we are mostly trying to choose from? Most of us have are have defaulted into mm-hmm. a place where we're letting uh, we commonly think of two parts of the brain. Let's put it that way. We have a thinking part of the brain called the neocortex. We have the uh, base part of the brain, which is cerebellum midbrain, that controls body function. And mm-hmm. most of us, that's the only two we ever hear about. Uh, there is a third one, which is absolutely vital to the subject we're talking about. But where <laughs> most of us are is that because we're living in a, a, a place where neither the neocortex, the thinking part, the thinking creative part actually, and or the uh, the midbrain cerebellum uh, body controller is working properly. We're actually perverting the way mm-hmm. they both work in the, in this society, and then we wonder why we don't get the results we choose to have in our life. So yeah. you sometimes hear the bo- the brain compared to a computer. A lot of us have heard mm-hmm. that. The reality mm-hmm. is the com- there is a very direct correlation between a part of the brain and a computer. And the part of the brain that the computer is uh, designed around or that mimics is that midbrain cerebellum that runs the body. So if you have mm-hmm. a computer, most of us can't even begin. I mean, I don't even, I'm not even sure anybody on earth can really read binary code. It's massive, especially, <laughs> you know, and even programming languages. If you look at something like Windows, I mean, it's gotten mm-hmm. so bloated over the years that, that it takes whole teams of programmers to make an adjustment in it, and it just gets bigger mm-hmm. and bigger and bigger. Um, I actually found mm-hmm. out I was autistic because I met a man who actually could uh, translate massive amounts of code, and Microsoft wow. would hire him to come in and look at, at Troubleshoot because he could, he would just walk into the room and look at it, and uh, he would be able to make suggestions that were very useful. But even with him, you're, you're, there, there's, there's limitations. So computers were designed to process large amounts of information that we don't directly mm-hmm. track. And for most of us, yeah. we, can't, we don't even deal directly with the programming language. We just click on the little picture thingies, and stuff happens. Right. <laughs> the shortcut. <laughs> right. So now your neocortex, that thinking creative part, hopefully is is uh, com- comparable to the actual person sitting clicking the little thingies on the screen uh, or typing. Okay. Because we're the person sitting at the computer is making a choice. 
to click mm -hmm. on whatever it is or type whatever it is, and then trusting that the computer will process that information. So computers don't think. Yeah. They're, little, they're little tiny smart robots that just uh, process information the way they were programmed to process it. Okay? Right. Now, and they run program. Yeah. That's right. Now, the CPU, the hardware part, that's like your genetic mm -hmm. programming, and it, it, that's what we call in animals instinct. And humans have yeah. a certain amount of that. I mean, we're born with the capacity to, to breathe and run and walk. And in fact, that slap on the rump that you get after you're born is to invoke <laughs> a genetic program called fight or flight, and that gets you going breathing. You see, it's how they mm -hmm. do it. All right? And mm -hmm. so that's genetic. That's in the CPU. That's on the computer when you buy it. Okay? And yeah. the hardware is there, the nervous system and the cells and all that. All right? Uh -huh. Now, in animals, many animals, that's all they really get. Uh, there are animals that never meet their parents. And so yeah. their their whole life, and it's amazing how much information is in that. They migrate. They do all kinds of cool stuff. Oh, yeah. And nobody ever told them what to do. They never even patterned yeah. it. They never saw another person or another person of their species, you see. So uh -huh. everything's pretty yeah. amazing. But when you get oh, to yeah. humans, there's a difference. And in humans, mm -hmm. we, ha we have a relatively small amount of instinct compared to animals. We do have it. We do have body mm -hmm. processing things that are there when we're born. Uh, genetic patterns. Even They even have evidence of, gen of genetic patterns in the DNA uh, that come from past generations. So uh, that's that, which is really interesting. Uh, so so the, yep. the bottom line is it's already there when you're born. However, yeah. now we go through a process called early childhood. This is why my radio show and my program is Grizzly Bears and Two-Year-Olds. Because yeah, I the love that. Bear part is that fight-or-flight mechanism we're born with. And I can explain mm -hmm. most of how that works and how it affects us with stories about bears uh, or alligators. Yep. You can pick your wild animal of choice. <laughs> but the second part, what we do with that for the rest of our life, is mm -hmm. about the toddler part. And here's the part. Here's yeah. something that most people haven't heard yet because it's relatively new information. Mm -hmm. the, when they run, do, they've they've done neurofeedback for a while, like on ADHD kids and so forth. As they began mm -hmm. doing more brainwave studies on children, they'd made an amazing discovery. And what they discovered was that children for the first six, seven years of their life live in a hypnotic trance. When you check the dominant brainwave pattern, and I know every mother on earth argues with me about that. There's no way that right. kid is zoned out. But the fact is children live in a brain state with deep delta theta dominance, which means that essentially they're, they're modeling recording units. They are absorbing not necessarily words, but they're absorbing all of the the um, uh, behaviors and emotions around them and recording yeah. it. It's like a deep hypnotic trance where we teach you something in the trance and then it's like there, see? And so mm -hmm. children live in that state. So all of us, you know, we often talk with people, I don't want to be hypnotized. Whatever you're doing, don't hypnotize me. You know what? <laughs> Therapeutic hypnosis has nothing to do with hypnotizing you, believe it or not. Yeah. A true yeah. clinical hypnotherapist, someone who actually knows what they're doing, is not trying to hypnotize you. They're trying to unwind the trances you're already in. And we all yeah, were hypnotized as children. 
You see, and so yeah. that our robot and that and you can compare those first five six years then to all the the core software being installed yeah. on that hardware computer, and now that mm-hmm. computer is going to run on all of that for the rest of your life. Most people are going to die wow. emotionally, socially, who they were at five years old, because they never changed the software, and nobody ever explains to them even how to do it, much less yeah. facilitate so, I mean, so it can be done. And that's what I see your show as. We're actually, <laughs> in my show, in my, my work, we're actually yeah. facilitating yeah. people to change that early early programming software. And you can pick up other programs as life goes along, especially under mm-hmm. trauma, which is where most people get at the additional software. But now the big yeah. question is, how much malware, how many viruses, how mm-hmm. much did everything that happened to you before the age of six, mm-hmm. did that contribute to the rest of your life? Is it contributing to your life now? What did you learn? Generatively, yeah. Yeah, but most of us don't even remember because we're so busy recording information in that stage, we don't create a lot of memories, cognitive memories, okay? Yeah. But the programming is there. So unless you had an ideal, supportive, kind, caregiving family in, in the first five years of your life, and how many people have gotten that in the last 50 years? Right. Okay, it's actually gotten worse as we've gone along. Then what, mm-hmm. what kind of programs are you running? So to get back to your original question, yeah. this is what we're dealing with. Wow! So I when love people walk through the door. What are they doing? They're running programs. So they're not even thinking about it. Yeah. Now, are yeah. they serving them? Does it work? And then, what are you going to do to change it? Uh oh! I think that. I blew by the break, didn't I? That's a great. Well, no, we, you brought it to a great place for us to take a break and take a breath, um, because I know this is a lot of information, and it's a very different um, perspective than many of us have been exposed to. So, um, you and I are probably, and many of us here who play on, as hosts on the station, we're probably a little more familiar with it. But I know a lot of our listeners. Um, this this can be a little bit of a stretch to to sure. hear this to take this in, um, and what what we know, with a capital K, is um, this is completely possible, um, and it is completely possible to shift this. So um, you don't have to be at the effect of the programs. So that's something that we can that's play a little bit for. more with, yes, <laughs> after we take our break. Um, you are listening to Living Beyond Linear Radio Show. I am Keisha Clark. I'm here today with, of course, my co-host, Little Rue, and our fabulous guest, Dr. Ron Jayner. And if you are just tuning in and you've missed any of this uh, for the live sh- during the live show, please, please, please click the replay link and go back and listen because there's there's all kinds of juiciness in here. And we're going to have some more juiciness when we come back. So stay tuned, folks. Take a breath. We'll take a break, and we'll see you on the other side. What would it be like to function from the entirety of your existence? What if you included all of you in the creation of your life? The strange, the wonderful and everything in between, with no expectation that it make any sense. Keisha Clark invites you to Living Beyond Linear Radio Show, an exploration of what is beyond logical and explainable that actually empowers each of us to be creating, living, and loving our lives. 
Join in the adventures every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Mountain, and 8 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You are listening to Living Beyond Linear Radio Show with your happily unconventional host, Keisha Clark. Bring your question on the show today. Call us in the U.S. at 815-880-8255, in Canada at 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also email questions to Keisha at livingbeyondlinear.com. Now, back to our show. Welcome, welcome, welcome back forward, sideways, or however you got to the next segment here on Living Beyond Linear Radio Show. Did anybody come back? <laughs> we are here with Dr. Ron, who is uh, just, I'm just so enjoying um, what you're bringing to the party and what you bring to the party. So, so where we left off before the break um, is talking about the places that most of us learn to choose from, which essentially is choosing by default. I think you even said that, yes, at some point. And, and so we get into these habits and these habitual behaviors. And I, I love another point you made that, that there are compulsive behaviors that really are favorable and necessary. And um, you gave a, a beautiful distinguishment, um, if that's a word. If it's not, I just made it up, um, the other day on, on your conversation with Melissa, um, that really it becomes an addiction when it goes from, when it's a compulsive behavior that goes from being something that, that contributes to your life, that adds something or that, that is generative to your life, when it shifts from that to being something that actually begins to take away from your life. And that's really the distinguishing factor. It's not just, oh, gosh, I have a compulsive behavior and that's an awful thing. Um, no, no, we couldn't so, function if we didn't have them. Yeah, to, to be yeah, and honest. I thought that was a great point. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, so everybody, it, if you've been – go ahead. Well, no, I want to hear what you said. I, I was listen gonna to say, me all so, the time. <laughs> I, I was just going to say to folks, if they've been uh, noticing compulsive behaviors and having uh, lots of judgments about their compulsive behaviors, thinking, I really shouldn't have these, um, what if you could shift your perspective about your compulsive behaviors and really just look at, are they something that are contributing to you? And if they are, would you be willing to play with them a little bit more and, and be perhaps in more allowance of them? Um, and let them, like, what I get is that that shifts our ability to receive the benefit of them. And receiving is another thing we're going to play with here in a little bit. But, um, yep. so, yep. yeah, that's, go that's for it. That's where it starts, is, is actually just being aware of what's going on. Because the 
part of the definition of a compulsive behavior is that um, you don't know it's there. I mean, that's why we used to call this subconscious uh, programming uh, because they call it non-cognitive now. Uh, but either word mm-hmm. kind of conveys the idea that you don't know what's going on. That's why it's subconscious. That's why it's non-cognitive. You don't know yeah. you're doing it. So before you can start changing it, you have to become aware that, that these programs are actually running. Now, some of them don't need a lot of editing. I mean, we, we breathe, we walk, we, walk, we talk. We, we If you had to cognitively track the millions of nerve firing involved in just walking or talking, we we just sit there like idiots. Because here's the, here's right. the thing. The exact numbers vary a little, but the ratios are, are reasonably accurate. If anything, they're bigger than what I'm going to tell you. But I... I <laughs> The, the idea is that cognitively, what the, the part of the brain that we're using to communicate directly right now, which, by the way, even in communication research is only about 4 to 7% of communication, the part we're used doing with words. Um, mm-hmm. But nonetheless, we feel that that part of your brain, when you're thinking about something, is processing one to 2,000 bits of information a second, uh, which mm-hmm. is a lot. And it's amazing. It's miraculous that we can do that. Okay. However, the non-cognitive, so-called subconscious part, this body-cerebellum programming part, runs Mm -hmm. information, tracks information, learns information at probably something like three to 500 million bits of information a second. Oh, my gosh. You you try to track everything your body's doing right now, even just to list it. Okay, uh, there's there all the all the nerve sensations, so the the clothes on your skin and all parts of your body, the temperature in the mm-hmm. room, uh, you're hearing things, you're feeling things. If you saw the post we put up recently, there's a lot more than five physical senses. We actually uh, mm-hmm. scientists are tracking uh, 25 to 35 of them, and they're even having a hard time actually saying how many there are. And these are just the physical ones, okay, related to physical wow. body. So all you know- that being tracked, memorized, and run automatically. So, yes. Yeah. The, the something that I've experienced often when people, like, it, it, I really noticed it in school. Whenever we would have to do, like, the long form of math or explain something, it was like if I tried to, to sit with it any longer than two seconds, it was actually painful <laughs> because it was like I was having to force energy to slow down so much That's to try right. to see it yeah. in slow motion to be able to explain it and it was it was just excruciating in some cases and and that I still have moments of that today when people ask you know certain questions that they're wanting me to explain certain things and it's like wow this actually occurs so fast for me and I'm not trying to use my cognitive function to really you know decipher it Yeah, I don't care whether you're running three to five screens or you're running the three to five thousand screens. Asking someone to focus on one tiny detail on one screen, how much information is passing you by? Holy moly! Okay, so here's where the so everybody who's experiencing that, wow, let's take a breath. (laughs) We have a name for it. We call it overwhelmed, helpless, hopeless, and depressed. That's what depression yeah. really is. You hear people, people saying, oh, that person's so sad, they must be depressed. Sadness, people, here's a good one for you. Sadness has nothing oh, to do boy. with depression. I love that point, yeah. Sadness has nothing to do with depression. True mm-hmm. clinical depression is sensory overload. It's a depression oh, thank of you. all 
sensory awareness, and you literally yes. become an apathetic vegetable. That's yes. true depression. Oh, my it's gosh. where we go, and it's when we are overwhelmed with too much information. Yeah, And that's where and you just kind of shut down. just learn how to do it voluntarily, more or less, because their bodies have been <laughs> overwhelmed. And you take someone watching several hundred or several thousand screens, they don't know how to communicate it, they don't really know what's going on, and then you throw yeah. all kinds of physical uh, challenges at the body, the uh, the vaccines, the environmental toxins, the, the poor quality food, uh, parents who scream at you, whatever it is, and, and you have mm-hmm. no choice but to, but to learn how to turn everything off. And that's, that's really what causes wow. it, you see. So in some cases, it's wow. caused, it, it, it goes so far that the person just, but we, we've both heard, we, we've both seen examples yeah. where people in autistic shutdown are helped, mm-hmm. and they come out of that, mm-hmm. and they become really creative, productive people in society. Yeah. Uh, and so it can be done. But here's the challenge. If you're processing yes. one to 2,000 bits with the neocortex, and the mm-hmm. midbrain cerebellum is auto-running auto programs at three to five hundred million per second that's great it's a wonderful system if everything you learned all your genetic instinct and all of what you learned up to the age of five or six is useful and beneficial because now you can go ahead and use your neocortex to choose and create for the rest of your life and the things that are added to the program are all things that are beneficial you never have to worry about it it's awesome but in modern society, how much of what we learn as little kids, how much of what we absorb later in life is really serving us? But first off, once you realize something isn't working right, okay, I'm 150 pounds mm-hmm. overweight, I need to do something about my eating. All right. So now you're aware there's a problem. All right, so now you're mm-hmm. going to use a part, you know, part of the brain that processes one to 2,000 bits of information to go in and find something in that, terrain of literally trillions of bits of programs and identify it and then edit it. You're going to edit some, a program written at 400 million bits per second with an editing tool that does 1,000 bits a second. How's that working for us, people? I got this I got this picture of like stepping out onto a, a super highway <laughs> trying to say stop. Exactly. Like you're going to get squished. You're going to get squished. Absolutely. And we do. And so what we end up doing is the same thing that the programmers at Microsoft do with Windows. We just add some (laughs) programming on top of it and hope it works. Only the Uh, things we add on top of it are very uh often worse than what's already running. That's where addiction comes from. That's where compulsive dysfunctional behaviors come from, compulsive behavior disorders. And if people don't realize of the five major classifications of addiction, and there's actually a sixth one that nobody wants to talk about, but of the five major classes of addiction that that are worked with in, normally in therapy, only one of the five has to do with alcohol and other chemicals. Believe it or not, four of the five major sources of addictive behavior and compulsion have nothing to do with chemicals other than the ones that we learn how to make mm. in our own brain. See, in fact, the only reason mm-hmm. the addictive drugs work is because they're mimicking chemicals that we make for ourselves every day. Yeah, yeah. You see, that's why and they I call love that it dope. 
you see, because it's mm-hmm. actually named after the prime neurotransmitter that causes addictive behavior or towards addictive behavior. Hi, Kitty. Yeah. See, the kitty likes <laughs> me. I don't know about you guys. That's but right. She always kitty. has something to contribute. <laughs> <laughs> so here's, here's something. I, I kind of feel like uh, we want to take a quick little break, um, actually. I know, Rhonda, I just was telling you we probably wouldn't. But I what I'd like to do is, Gently shift gears. Um, hi, Eleanor. <laughs> she just logged into the chat. Um, so I'm talking with my hands, so I can't type. Um, I'd really like to now. Let's take our our conversation. Uh, we've got some two great questions in the chat room, um, and we've also got something to talk about that we're going to be offering folks to come play with us even more because one hour is so not enough time to put all of this conversation into. <laughs> we could do like a lifelong series. Um, but we've got some great questions, and one of them is, I think they're both from Wendy. Uh, one of them is, and I keep having to flip back up to it, uh, if we can't change our choice with words, how can we make change effectively? That's one of the questions. And another one is, so what's the solution for making effective change? <laughs> <laughs> which I wow. think is a great question. Okay, so that kind of gives us a place yeah, to play with. Um, so let's just do a quick break. Let's let everybody have a breath. I know this is a lot of information, um, and you might feel like you can't take it all in, and that's possibly because you're doing exactly what Dr. Ron was talking about, trying to take it all through that processor part that only processes the 15 100 or 15,000 bits per second. And so I invite you to just take a breath and just ask your whole self. You know, we talk about the entirety of our existence. Just ask all of you to be absorbing this information, spoken, the the verbal and the nonverbal. And let's just play with some of what Dr. Ron is talking about. And then we will get to the words um, and and we'll say some more words (laughs) when we come back. So you're listening to Living Beyond Linear radio show with me, Keisha Clark, of course, our lovely Lula Rue, and our fabulous guest, Dr. Ron Daner. And we will be right back. What would it be like to function from the entirety of your existence? What if you included all of you in the creation of your life? The strange, the wonderful, and everything in between, with no expectation that it make any sense. Keisha Clark invites you to Living Beyond Linear Radio Show, an exploration of what is beyond logical and explainable that actually empowers each of us to be creating, living, and loving our lives. Join in the adventures every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Mountain, and 8 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You are listening to Living Beyond Linear Radio Show with your happily unconventional host, Keisha Clark. Bring your question on the show today. Call us in the U.S. at 815-880-8255, in Canada at 613 613- 800-8736 or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also email questions to Keisha at livingbeyondlinear.com. Now, back to our show. Oh, yes. Welcome back sideways and forwards again to Living Beyond Linear Radio Show with Keisha Clark where we are not asking anything to make sense. <laughs> and yet, 
it unfolds so beautifully. So thank you, Wendy, for your questions. Dr. Ron, I'm going to let you kind of run with this because it's a perfect um, thing I, 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 I get, that it's a perfect way to uh, then take it to an offering that you and I are, are going to be sharing with the people. So, um, so yeah, so which one do you want to take first? Why don't you just ask one and it will start me running. All right. So what is the solution for making effective change? The solution. <laughs> Mind you, we might not give it all away. But <laughs> <laughs> well, here, here's one of the, the interesting phenomena about this. Uh, we started out saying that you, you don't use words, you don't use, uh, that it, you don't use that part of the brain. That's not technically completely true about not using mm -hmm. that part of the brain because we do need, to need it to make these changes. Yeah. Okay? The problem yeah. is, as yeah. we again said at the beginning, is we're not using the body programs and we're not using the thinking function, the true function of the neocortex in the way they were designed to be used. And so when you do that, your whole life is run by the auto programs. So our first thing yeah. is to recognize that there are three parts to the brain, not just the two. And a lot of this, yeah. the brain is way more complex than what we're talking about, people. This is just right. generalizations that scientists yeah. and doctors and lay people use so we can communicate about it and get some ideas. It's like saying we have a left brain, right brain. Well, technically, we have those functions, but they're kind of scattered all over the place. So anyway, <laughs> right. parts of the brain. Uh, you have the neocortex, which is where we think cognitively, uh, where we are creative and where we make choices. Okay. That's, mm -hmm. what it's, that's what it's actually designed for, is to eva evaluate new information and make choices about what the new so next software program is that we would like to move down to the subcognitive. The bottom part we've talked about, the midbrain cerebellum, which is where we run all of our body programs. Those two parts of the brain, believe it or not, do not directly communicate with each other. They have, you have wow. to have a translation system. And this is the part why we try to talk our way out of this stuff or we try to just force ourselves to do something different and it doesn't really work all that well. So because the two parts aren't communicating directly. So what is the communication factor? Well, the midbrain, which is, or not the midbrain, but the middle part, which is just under the neocortex, it's actually in the upper part of the brain, um, is the limbic system. Now, the limbic system oh. includes your hypothalamus, your pituitary, your pineal, these, uh, the hippocampus, these really important glands, and the part of the brain that processes ta -da 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 -da, emotion. And so uh -huh. if, when you have a thought, we think it happens primarily in the hippocampus and then moves to the other areas, but the thought is given an emotional tag a little emotional tag by the hippocampus. Oh, I love the way you say that, yes. And then it goes to the HPT-A uh, complex. Actually, it's HP mm -hmm. is your hypothalamus and your pituitary, which begins to produce chemical signals, mm -hmm. which are going to tell the TA part, which is the thyroid adrenal systems, what the body is supposed to be doing with that information. Wow, yes, okay. yes. Uh -huh. Now, this, these, these neurotransmitters, these drop down into the, cere uh, into the cerebellum and are processed down into the body through the spinal mm -hmm. cord, out the nervous system, mm -hmm. and that tells the body what program to want, run. Now, in the process, just like kicking on an icon. I was just thinking that, yes. 
see when you when you're hippo, when you have a thought and then the hippocampus and you click on the icon that's the hippocampus assigning a significance to that thought all right mm-hmm. it's an emotional tag now what what's relatively new in medicine even most doctors don't know this yet because it's only been the last 10 20 years takes a while for things to filter in you know uh, yeah <laughs> uh, so about 95% of your emotional processing doesn't happen in your head, in your brain. It happens in the body. Yeah. Uh, When we discovered uh, Candace Pert and the molecules of emotion, the neuropeptides and neurotransmitters that process emotion, um, Mm -hmm. we thought we had figured out how the brain handles emotion. Well, then later on, as time went by, we're researching and, and, and running tests for these chemicals, and we found out, lo and behold, that 95% of those chemicals are not in the brain. They're in the spinal cord, and they're in the body. Two-thirds of them are in your digestive tract. All of a sudden, words like gut instinct and butterflies in my stomach starts making sense. Because here's the thing. This is where we're getting a long-winded answer to your question, Wendy, is that the body uses emotions to know what it's supposed to do next. Okay, so if you're going to change non-cognitive programs in the body, now the way I look at it is that you can compare it to a file system on the computer, but I like to think of uh, actually three big warehouses in your body, and uh, there's another reason for that we'll talk about another time. But anyway, there's warehouses full of Kylie cabinets, and the filing cabinets contain all of the programs that the body uses to run these behavior programs non-cognitively, subconsciously. Now, the problem is the tags on the file drawers or on your computer um, uh, system are not words. And I like to think of colors just because of the way my brain works, but actually they're colors and flavors and intensities of emotion. So every, every nuance of emotion that you have experienced in your life has a file drawer somewhere in your body and with that emotional tag on it, which will match the tag that came from that thought in the hippocampus a long, long time ago, you know, a couple microseconds mm-hmm. in body time. And, uh, mm-hmm. and, and so then you, tr- you trigger that drawer and it triggers a process to pull out that program and run it. And this is all done without thinking about it. So, but once you understand that it's the emotional tags that are controlling the system. Now the question becomes, is there a way to change those tags? So to answer your question, Wendy, there are three (laughs) things you focus on when you want to change this stuff. You change on how you process, habitually process and handle various emotions and what the behaviors Mm -hmm. are that your body has associated with those emotions. Are they appropriate to what's actually happening in the real world of your life? And then changing how you process that emotion. The other thing that you can do is you change the way, based on that, the body also pays attention to behaviors and body sensations. You can change behavior patterns in a certain way that we teach in our classes. And by doing that, you also affect, because this is all two-way communication. So the brain is mm-hmm. creating these tags and so forth to tell the body what program to run, essentially. But when the body runs a program, we actually, in our cognitive, can see that it's running and and we can uh, do things to make adjustments. It's like a telephone line back and forth. But yeah. most of us are not yeah. accessing all we're doing. So 
It's emotions and feelings, body sensations and behaviors, and one other one that's really important in modern life. Can't emphasize this enough. The body also associates the emotional tags with pictures. Which The reason yes. I say it's so important in modern life is that how many pictures do you look at a day on television, the uh, computers, oh, yeah. media? Your yeah. body can't yeah. different between that and what's really Ooh, happening oh my to you in physical oh, life. Oh, my goodness. So like oh, my goodness, teacher, Dr. Ron! Yeah, is that, is, okay. uh, don't watch anything. Don't look at anything you don't want to have happen in your mind. So what we teach in our classes is how to manipulate all of that for your benefit. Yes. And it so happens we have a telecall series coming up. Just It's the week after Thanksgiving. It's going to be one week, two coaches, myself and Dr. Ron, three calls, and limitless possibilities to play with when we begin to apply what Dr. Ron is talking about. So we are actually going to walk you through and work you through and and um, just really equip you with a very different way to be present and be choosing this with your body and with the way you process information. We're going to be basically bringing consciousness to the process so that you can actually change it and begin to change the way you choose and make choices from the empoweredness of you. <laughs> Another word I just made up. <laughs> so um, you can scroll down and find the link to this event on this replay page. It will take you to the Facebook event page, and you can find out all of the information. It's going to be starting um, – you can also – it's going to be starting – November the 28th, and it will run through that next Saturday. You can also play more with Dr. Ron at his website, drronjaner.com, and you can connect with him directly. There is a bonus gift if you enroll for this upcoming telecall series. It will be done Yay, through the Zoom bonus. platform. Bonus gifts, and it is 15 minutes of personal, private time with Dr. Ron and myself. You can actually make your choice, but <laughs> we're going to both work with you if you like. Um, so there is all kinds of goodness going on, and the price point for this call is $237. Let me share something with you folks. Dr. Ron, his normal rate is $600 for an hour of his time, so you're getting three 90-minute calls for $237, and you're getting both of us. So if this doesn't just blow your hair back, I don't know what will. So if you're ready to begin to change the way you are choosing, please join us starting November 28th. Dr. Ron, thank you just beyond words. Thank you, words. For thank you so much for sometime. this. I'm so excited. <laughs> yes, indeed. And what can we be choosing and changing and changing and choosing now? Have a great Absolutely. week, everybody. We so hope to see you on the call. <sighs> and always, always adoring you. Mwah. Thank you for listening today to Living Beyond Linear Radio Show with Keisha Clark. Connect with Keisha on Facebook at Living Beyond Linear for more offerings and events. And you have a standing invitation to join Keisha each week. Fridays at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Mountain, and 8 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. For more adventures,